Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. We haven't been in, uh, outside of Patreon. We haven't actually recorded right. in the same room for a while. Um, which is... I'm, I forgot you... I'll be honest. I forgot you were coming over tonight. And I thought oh. like... there And until about 30 minutes ago, there was a whole bunch of shit on this table and oh. behind you. And I, I moved it around. It's still in the room, obviously. Yeah. But uh, okay. yeah, I was like, well, oh, now I feel like I, I, didn't, I intruded, but we talked about. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but we <laughs> discussed that I was coming over. I can't be expected to remember such things. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, anyway, so here's why uh, I'm a while back. We, we haven't recorded a regular episode in person so long. Mm. We got something in the mail from a listener and I okay. forgot to bring it. Okay. I was like, I'm going to save this for when Tyler and I are in the same room. We'll open this sure. present together. But we got a we got a package from the czech republic so if you're listening and you're one of our many many listeners in the czech republic and you sent us something uh we got it don't worry uh i just um forgot to bring it it's still sitting on my desk at home my first thought is like holy shit man what's the shipping on that yeah that's gotta be awful yeah but i mean people people love battleship i know know? i know um I mean, people are knocking on my door at all hours. So, um, <laughs> uh, we, no, that's not true. We haven't said where you live. True. We've said, we've mentioned D's cuts and Dr. Tyler, Dr. Hogley Wogley's Tyler, Texas barbecue. Correct. Which is currently closed okay. due to, a, due to a fire. I wonder if that's why, cause eater LA updated their list of like best barbecue restaurants in the city and removed Dr. Hogwoggy's from the from the list. It's been and I closed wonder if for that a while. Is reflecting it is the fact that it is, yeah, yeah. It's it's not going to be closed forever on the website. They say that it is not. It I said, hope that's true. I hope that's true as because well. Because we uh, there's a I was I was almost said in my neighborhood, but I forget that I moved a month ago. Indeed. In my old neighborhood, there was a Mexican place that I liked that had a fire pre-COVID, hmm. and so they had a banner that was like, you know renovating opening soon oh and then COVID happened and they still haven't reopened um, oh boy that's too i bad. don't know like I've, i still have i have seen some work going on there okay but i don't know maybe they sold it and someone else is moving there's like it must there's uh, been yeah. no updates but uh so, does, uh, so i hope i, I hope dr hogley Wogley's does reopen is bear put uh, bear pit on that uh i don't on think that list? bear pit made the list but i uh, i don't think it should to be really? honest I've, I've eaten I, there it's fine i haven't been i've been excited because my the place that Natalie and I moved to is pretty close yeah. to the bear pit. And that's yeah. Natalie being from here, like has memories of going to the bear pit oh, as yeah. a child. And so like, she was excited to tell her parents, like we live near the bear pit and they're like, Oh, the bear, because they also, you know, moved to, they live up in Camarillo. They retired in Camarillo. They haven't been uh, to the Valley in a long time, but mm. um, uh, I've been excited to go to the bear pit just because it's like my new neighborhood <laughs> barbecue place. You know but what? yeah, I, it, I don't think it makes this. I, I totally, get that like anytime i've moved to a new neighborhood and admittedly like you know we moved to this house five years ago but we moved half a block away yeah, i can practically see your yes, whole you place can out walk the to our place um <laughs> i'm sure i told that story that like uh the guys like the movie packed up all of our stuff into the moving truck and they're like okay we'll just follow you i was like okay and i walked yeah <laughs> and, and they just were very slowly following yeah. me um but uh but yeah so um no, that's definitely a thing that I that I like to do is I get to a new place and I like to yeah. know like okay where you know obviously like where are the diners 
where uh. you know, parks and just various places that like help me to yeah feel settled into a, a place but yeah. uh yeah and i will say like between country folks and various other places that we've talked about not to mention another thing that i actually will not say now because it's so specific but oh, okay. i added there's something near my house yeah that is i mean that's that's right there like but if, can you if you know about it you you uh can you look that up yes you can oh okay That's so uh so i won't bring it up but uh, yeah. if somebody if somebody is ever driving around this neighborhood looking for my house you if you see the thing i'm thinking you'll yeah. be like oh i know what that is yeah and uh, yeah. i guess i'm gonna go knock on tyler's uh don't do that door yeah. please don't do that um but uh anyway unless you're unless you're prepared to babysit the kids <laughs> Because <laughs> I'll walk away so fast. Um, anyway. what, did you, what did you want to talk? Is something you wanted to talk about? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm part of various. Uh, David, I don't know how how engaged you are on Facebook. I'm not engaged. Not- I'm married. I was engaged. A little less than ten ten months. Ten month engagement. Not not a, a very long engagement. Not a five year engagement. Indeed, indeed. A ten month engagement. But I've been married for eight, eight years. Well, and I will say, like I've spoken to Natalie. She said that at the time you were not very engaged. <laughs> um, you just had this distant look in your eye, and you know that, huh? What? Just that constantly. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, I'm I'm part of various uh, groups on Facebook, and most of them are are a lot of fun. It's just like fan stuff. I'm part of various like. Uh, okay. uh, survivor groups and movie groups and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm part of a couple of uh, Batman groups because, yeah, all right, you never quite know when someone's going to say, hey, new action figures, here's the Riddler or something like that. Um, so, uh, but it can also be interesting, you know, because I'm not really, I wouldn't consider myself like a, a Batman, uh, like, fanboy sounds negative but like i'm not a diehard batman fan as far as like the franchise i like the riddler and that's it but which is what makes this interesting similar like i'm part of a couple of like jurassic park uh and jurassic world uh groups and so it's just always very really interesting to see the people that like this is their official fan thing Mm -hmm. nothing else because you do get glimpses of it and you also find out things that you're like i never would have known this otherwise so there is a new push called release the schumacher cut there is this storied 170 minute batman forever cut uh that was like you know sort of the assembly cut that joel schumacher like a lot of stuff that he shot uh and really liked and didn't want to remove um but did and, he have a cut that he... Because, like, you don't want to... Like, directors don't want their assembly cuts released. Ex- that's not... That's that's the thing that I... Somebody said, like, well, here are the scenes that are included. And they, they you know, they kind of... Uh, uh, they, they sort of sketch out some of the details. And part of me is like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, fine. Okay. Great. I don't... I don't care that much. Like, it's... If there is, in fact... Uh, like a director's an official director's cut because you know when people talk about the Snyder cut as much as I obviously hated it um, I'm in favor of of it being out there like that through a a series of 
in some cases very tragic circumstances yeah. like he was not able to finish justice league the way he wanted yeah. so if there's a, a cut out there then by all means let's do it let's let's watch it um well joel, Sh- joel schumacher obviously is no longer with us but if if there was this fabled cut out there that he himself said, hey, if I had my druthers, if I if yeah, if I knew the studio was not going, you know, if I knew they would back me for my 170 minute Batman movie, then let's do it. Uh, if that were the case, then I'd say, yeah, that'd be that'd be a fun thing to see. But I cannot imagine that being the case. It doesn't seem like it is. It seems like what it should be is release a Blu-ray with the deleted scenes. Yeah. Why not that? Like, I that seems good enough. Yeah, and and if he were alive and could like, because you know, like um, Sylvester Stallone recently like recut Rocky Four, and there's like a new cut of Rocky Four. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, I didn't see it, but uh, there's a new Rocky Four. Like, if it were a thing like that where Joel Schumacher were still alive and they would let him, like, hey, let's go in and make the sure. Batman Forever you wanted yeah, at the time, he that wants would be to tinker with, or, or yeah. like Godfather 3. Uh, yeah, but don't start releasing people's assembly cuts. I, it's, I remember way, way back um, when I first heard about uh, there, like, when Tom Waits started getting famous uh, in the 70s. Uh, he had sent out these, I forget that there's a, there's a name for them, but there's, they're essentially like sample Mm -hmm. tracks of like songs he'd written, but they're not like promos. There's a name for it. Now I can't remember But anyway. Um, so he, he would send these out to like his, he'd already been, he had already been signed. So he had sent like, Hey, these are the songs that I've been working on, but they were really just like trial runs not full orchestration or anything like that okay. it's most like him at a piano or him with a guitar or whatever it is and eventually so like, so like demos demos something like yeah. that yeah um and eventually the studio like once it like it owned those and so once it the got label. Yeah, the label You're using uh, oh stu- did nerd. i say studio yeah. i'm sorry um that's okay i'm not but uh, i was i meant to say company but anyway uh but label yeah so they eventually once he got famous they released all of those like in a two volume thing and he himself was like uh these were never meant for public consumption at all it's one of the reasons why he decided to like kind of leave that label Mm -hmm. um i think it was electra but um okay and i and from island he went from electra to island Island. okay and then uh anti anti um but uh but yeah and so like he was really upset and and what's interesting is I guess I don't know if I'd say interesting. I got into some debates with people like back in college. And then oddly enough, again, when I went back to school um, about uh, artist intention and there's this certainly in the world of academia, there's this feeling of like, oh, every like if we can read an artist's notebooks, if if we can read early drafts or whatever it is, uh, then we should do it because it will help us academically. And in my mind, it's like, I, I don't think I don't think it's any of our business. Like when it comes right down to it, I'm very much in favor of of like the Orson Welles view, which is like go by the movies. Like we we should go by the movies that were purposefully released, and then the director's own comments and and or the artist's own comments. And if if there's something out there that the artist never intended, then I. Maybe out of curiosity, I can engage with it, but I certainly can't judge it um, yeah. because when I was back in school, we we essentially we had a reading assignment that was like um, 
it was like a, uh, somebody had found a director. I forget what director it was, but like this director's notebook in which like he was just writing out uh, ideas for a film that eventually we would see. And in, and the ideas have some like offensive, offensive uh, elements to them. And so like people in the class were talking about that. And I was just like, guys, we weren't supposed to see that. And clearly this director also came to the same conclusion we did. We can't, I mean, sure, sure. We can judge people for the thoughts that like we can judge thoughts and, and be frustrated that someone would have those thoughts, including ourselves. But it's not like he said, yeah, this is great. Let's do it. Like they, they, the, uh, you know, cooler heads prevailed and we can't, I don't know. I, it's, I don't like the idea of, of, of judging or just engaging in like the, in the, the brainstorming process. And to me, that's what that's the what it is, quote unquote yeah. Schumacher cut kind of is. Yeah. I wouldn't want people to see the notes that I take during screening. Oh, my. I think I have like <laughs> my, cause I'm just like trying to write in the dark and I will often write things that are probably pretty trite knowing sure. that like, I'm going to, when I write it out, yeah, like flower it up a bit or like put my own stamp on it or yeah. whatever, but just like making note of, of things that happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much entirely on your page. Do you know, um, I know the answer is no. Uh, do you know who the rapper Anderson Pack is? No. Well, Anderson Pack has a tattoo on his arm that says the following. When I'm gone, please don't release any posthumous albums or songs with my name attached. Those were just demos and never intended to be heard by the public. Boy. He tattooed that on himself. Oh, hopefully, like, not in something that will be covered in a suit or something like that. Like, it needs to be, like, right there on his neck yeah. or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, it's, uh, it is one of those things where, like, the going back to school was, was fascinating and, and I think extremely uh helpful and inspiring and all of that but it definitely did give me a snapshot and the world of film criticism is there's a lot of overlap but it is different than the world so the world of film criticism is different than the world of academia film academia um film criticism like there's all kinds of theorizing there's that sort of thing there's interviews there's there's discussion there's uh, analysis but academia it really does I don't know. It, there, um, it's, it's a little unscrupulous because it is this feeling of like, well, we're curious, and because we're curious, everything is on the table, and I'm right. not. I'm not in favor of that. Um, so, well, um, thankfully, I teach at, uh, at community college where nobody's curious about anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you should. Uh, um, never mind. Okay. Uh, the, the, I know I, cause I feel like I talk about, um, Tom Sharpling too much, but, uh, when That's he, fine. when he talks about going to community college and like first day of class, someone walks in the door and, and, and you have to wait a second to find out like, is this a fellow student, the janitor or the professor? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and you know what? Like I'm very much in favor of the concept of community college. Don't get me wrong because I do think it gives you an opportunity to inexpensively get some credits and also kind of figure out what interests you because there are a lot of people you and I were not one of them uh we're not these types of people like we had a clear idea of what we wanted to do when we got out of high school not everybody is that fortunate yeah that's true so I do think community college is a way to like was wrong I knew I wanted to work within film yeah but I like I thought I wanted to be a cinematographer and then like started taking cinematography classes and yeah. I was like, I am bored. This is too technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I went in, I was just like, 
Oh boy, I don't want to really decide. What's that? I don't have to pick a concentration? Beautiful. Directing, writing, and criticism. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, I, found, I liked the lighting part of, sure. of cinematography, but I found the camera stuff to be... <laughs> It's, I'm glad that people. I'm glad that I know that I know stuff from those yeah, classes, and and I'm glad that there are people who do find it uh, uh, interesting. Yeah, and that education. I mean, even if it was boring, that education is not wasted. Certainly not. Uh, like no. you are yeah. are still incorporating it in some way, shape, or form into your your profession and your your criticism. But yeah, it's. I know what you mean. All right. Well. Um, you're also going to know what I mean when I talk about tweakedaudio.com. Hmm? Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today, I was listening to some of the work by the departed songwriter Paul Vance. He, he died at the age of 92 recently. Oh. His most famous song is uh, the classic... Uh, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. Oh, okay. I know he, it. So the guy who wrote Heard that it. song... Um, uh, uh, passed away. So I listened to that song today. I listened to, do you know the Perry Como song, Catch a Falling Star? Oh, Catch yeah. a Falling Star and put it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote that. Uh, so yeah, he wrote some really uh, 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 fun stuff. Uh, R.I.P. Paul Vance. All sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Oh. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. I just realized we, at the top, we rather than talk about the the fucking uh, Schumacher cut, I should have mentioned Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, we'll probably yeah. do a... Um, Patreon. That'd be fun. That'd yeah. be fun. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Code pretension. Tyler? Yes. We're back. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Last week, I had to suffer through a couple of breeders, a couple of baby havers. Well, first off, we didn't breed, (laughs) but I get what you're saying. Okay. I guess that's true. Yeah. A couple of baby havers uh, talking about having babies. Uh, But now we're on my turf, which is also your turf, by the way. Right. And And this episode was was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. (laughs) Uh, Today, we're going to talk about movie uncles movies about uncles or just notable uncles from movies yeah uh i think i first had this idea in this is this is usually where ideas come from for me is i'll be watching a a newer movie or a movie that people are talking about and i I just notice a certain dynamic in it Mm -hmm. and i'll be like oh and then my mind will jump to another movie that had a similar dynamic and i'm like huh yeah then here comes a third and a fourth and a fifth i'm like the hell's going on here and then before you know it's like okay well that's an episode right yeah and so i was watching uh you know it speaks to how long ago i had this idea Uh, i was watching uh come on come on and it's on my list oh absolutely um and i thought like oh this is a you know this is a uh definitely a an interesting like uncle movie i mean it's it's very much about this dynamic uncle and nephew um and 
and there there is just something kind of specific about I'd say an aunt or an uncle, but it's something that you run across more in movies with well, uncles. I think, and we can talk about why in a moment. But I immediately started thinking about Manchester by the Sea and a few other things, well, and then I thought like, okay, well, this is something to dig into. You're getting at what I'm finding to be a very important distinction that comes up in most of these movies. Okay. Watch out. Um, is that I'm worried, worried that I'm about to get a ticket because I'm parked like in blocking the driveway or blocking the sidewalk. I'm in your driveway. Uh, oh, that's probably fine. Okay. Um, yeah, and they wouldn't. They're not like it's, cruising yeah. in an SUV for that. There's <laughs> yeah. something else. Around. They're anyway, really so cracking down. The big here. distinction in mo- in both the movies that you mentioned and in most movies about uncles that is different from my most of my experience with uncles as a kid mm. is these are uncles who do not have kids of their own. Correct. That's, occasionally. That's, and they're rarely married, actually. Okay. As well. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I, so a, as a kid, I had zero unmarried uncles who didn't have kids. Mm-hmm. I had zero unmarried uncles. I had one on my dad's side uncle uh, who he and my dad's older sister did not have kids the okay. only, and then i had an aunt on my mom's side who wasn't married and, and didn't have kids um and neither of them have kids to this day but uh so i only had the one uh uncle who didn't have ha- have have kids and uh, i'm not saying i don't know if he was the uncle i was closest to but i did find when i because my dad died when i was 21 which is still mm-hmm. fairly young and often if i was in need of like dad type knowledge sure. you know about like usually about cars or something the uncle i would go to was uncle ken the one who doesn't have kids and that's i'm not sure why that yeah that dynamic is maybe i just feel like he has less you know going on <laughs> that's not true sure. um, but like uh that that seems to be often the case in movie uncles is that they don't have kids of their own there are some exceptions there's the awful uncle uh frank from home alone Uncle frank who has uh, he's on my list own. here yeah and uh he's is he the one who says look what you did look you what you little did little jerk, jerk. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, well, I rewatched that like i was gonna say recently but like during the first year of the pandemic like probably the yeah christmas 2020 like pa- the first pandemic christmas i now that i did watch home alone and uh i know it's like stupid and everything but it's like super watchable it's it is and i think one of the things that when we when we look back on home alone we think of you know when we think back on it we think of like you know the 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 house of horrors but uh that kevin creates that's the last 25 minutes yeah up to that point like it really is like this kind of goofy like kid fantasy of like oh well what would my life look like if i just had the house all to myself for a long stretch and so i do think that those moments are actually like the the best moments um but i that moment like uh look what you did you little jerk it's like you know he said that in front of the whole fucking family right yeah. and i understand that kevin's parents are not thrilled with him but if my brother ever yes. said to yeah. my kids look what you did even if i'm mad at them i'd be like hey Guess who's never talking to you again? <laughs> My kids and probably me. Um, yeah. but, but everyone's fine with it because, yeah. hey, it's just Uncle Frank. Um, uh, so let's, I, I guess, I'm trying to, I always try to like find ways to divide this up. Uh, I absolutely, I, I categorized. So uh, uh, I didn't, I alphabetized. But okay. I think this leads us to, I think, a, a, a major 
Come On, Come On is in the, a perfect example. The childless uncle who then becomes responsible for a child. Right. That's my, a huge number of these. Manchester by the Sea is one of them. My first uh, category here is just called caregivers. Okay. Yeah. And it might, in some cases, it's like guardian uh, if only for a short time, like, come on, come on, like Manchester by the sea. In other cases, it could be a situation where like the kids parents are still sort of in the picture, but the, the uncle is there giving advice mm-hmm. solicited or otherwise. Uh, and, and is sort of in his own way, looking out for the kid. I'd say, uh, you can count on me is an okay. example of that with Mark Ruffalo, another, uh, Kenneth Lonergan film. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the tender bar. Um, but I know that Ben Affleck is is this kind of uncle character. Uh, is that I would Uncle Charlie. I don't know. I didn't see it. Neither did I. But I feel I like mean, I, our, I feel like I heard enough about it. But and in our uh, in our uh, awards league, uh, we kept referring to it as uh, the Tendaba, even though it's not Boston. It's not a Boston but we, that didn't stop us from continuing to call it that, yeah. uh, and even writing it out in emails. Um, okay, but should we? Okay, but yeah. So. Uh, caregivers i have i have a big section there and so then there's is, a subsection let's so i think let's start with movies where an uncle becomes a full-time full-time pa- okay. like re- a parent replacement like okay. manchester by the sea the parent dies okay he becomes uh the, the the full-time replacement um so going um i guess i like i said i have mine alphabetically did you see um i forget the director's name did you see bell no, it's based on a true story okay. of a um, uh, mixed race. Not the this isn't the Bell movie, the animated movie from that last year. This is the 2013 uh, movie directed by Ama Asante, which is about a, a mixed race woman. I'm trying to find out the year. Some sometime in the 1700s in in England, who uh, goes to become the ward of her. Um, in her white, the white side of her family, who's mm-hmm. uh, uh, English aristocrats. Um, uh, it's a very good movie, um, starring the great uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've always always liked her, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know how. Uh, uh, I, I, like I said, I'm just going alphabetically. I don't know how much I right. actually have to say about the uncle here, except this is in an example of what I'm talking about. That he now becomes the sort of parent figure to this this woman who's like a grown woman but because it's the 1700s and she's unmarried she's sure yeah 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 um yeah i uh as far as like this this specific situation of uh a parent or primary caregiver has died the uncle is now essentially the primary caregiver at least for a while because you know a big part of manchester by the sea is that he ends up not being the 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 uh, caregiver for his nephew, um, but he's still in his life mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I have a few examples of that, including, and I guess obviously I'm not going in, in alphabetical order, yeah, but including the uh, sort of the subset of, I guess in this case, you've got your, your aunts and uncles, but you've got your Harry Potter, your Spider-Man, your Luke Skywalker. Um, I've got all of these on here. Harry yeah. Potter, Ver, Uncle Darcy, another married, like a, yeah. has a child of his own as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I do have a section that we'll get to later, which is just called villains. And yeah, Uncle I've Vernon is not got quite some a uncles. villain, but 
he's not a caregiver is a little generous yeah um yeah uh home provider at best yeah. is what he is um tolerator yeah uh and then obviously spider-man you've got uh aunt may and uncle ben and then star wars you say aunt are you an I aunt say, guy i'm an aunt guy unless it's aunt may because that's the only way I've ever heard it. So instinctively, I say that as though that's like her yeah, first and, and a, yeah. last name. I get that. Um, but I say aunt. Jen says uh, aunt. Really? And uh, it is occasionally a point of contention between us. Um, because no, it's a, like, I get it. It's an A. It's A-U-N-T. Aunt makes sense. Uh, but I grew up saying aunt and I'm okay with that. Um, but so yeah. where's the contention coming from? Uh, she does not understand why I say aunt. Uh <laughs> that's where it comes from because she's like she's like it's not an ant it's not a bug there's the there's a you in there i was like i get it i totally get it yeah. uh i can't i can't look i can't stop saying it yeah uh, i love it so much um <laughs> but yeah and so uh can't not say ant but then yeah you've got uncle owen and aunt baru uh aunt baru i think right, uh, Luke, right. luke skywalker's yeah. Yeah. uh uh so in that case it's an aunt and uncle um but uh the idea here being that Uncle Ben dies, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru die, and so... Um, Uncle Dursley does not die. Uncle Dursley does not die. And what is... Is it Petunia? Petunia, Petunia yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, those aren't strictly uncle situations, but uh, it is a situation of, um, you know, the uh, parents have, have died or whatever, and now the, the child is staying with uh, uncle or aunt and uncle. Um so you've got um the difference between uncle ben and aunt may i can't say it i can't sure, say that's it. fine um is that they welcome peter and treat him as the child as yes. opposed to like uncle vernon who is, yeah uh and so that reminds me of like there's and again also uncle owen re- treats luke mm-hmm. as a child but there's also like the category of like the uncle who is begrudgingly sure the, the 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 caretaker um i think of this isn't a particular version because it's in the story but then multiple movies made of the secret garden which is kind of a simple oh, okay. thing where i've never like, seen any version they, of it oh, okay well the girl doesn't feel very welcomed as far okay. as, uh, as i uh recall it. i don't i wouldn't go so far as to call him a villain but it's just okay. one of those things like um it's always clear like who like the biological son is and then the biological like you know niece is a different she's not made to feel part of the 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 family um along those lines i would say not quite a villain there's a there's a i will be mentioning dickens a couple of times here the first one not quite a villain which is ebenezer scrooge and his nephew fred um, I forgot he had a nephew. Yeah. yeah, and because it's the 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 son of Scrooge's sister, who he actually was very fond of, uh, and Fred is the one who like invites him to to right. the, the Christmas party and stuff. Um, and he even says he even refers to him even angrily as like my dear nephew and stuff like that. So it's just like he's he, it's definitely antagonistic, but I wouldn't say that he is full on villain. We'll get to a Dickensian villainous uncle. A little later okay yeah i think i know who you've who you've got there yeah um so um who are the other caretakers before we like so you know like these, full-time caretakers i mean full-time that's that's tough for me because i do have somewhere it's like it's they are full-time 
for a while. Like, like right. you know, uh, for example, Uncle Buck. Okay, well, let's move on to that. To the, okay. the, the like, or I guess, do we have anything else we want to say about the full time? Well, just it's. Uh, I think as opposed it, to just listing off yeah. examples. Well, I think it gets into like maybe it's just because you know before I was a dad, I was I was an uncle. It's crazy to think that my my nephew is. Let's see, what is it? Twenty twenty. He's nineteen. He's almost nineteen. That's insane to me. Like you and I were 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 roommates when he was first born, and it yeah. was crazy. You know, we watched. I watched uh, videos of of him uh, at at our apartment. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think I mentioned my nephew on my wife's yeah. side is going to be eighteen this year. Yeah. Like when I met him, he was four years old. He couldn't even say. He couldn't even say aunt natalie he called her aunt nally oh which we we still remind him of yeah uh uh sometimes but um uh yeah um yeah time flies it's yeah and so it's probably just because i've you know i've been an uncle for a long time but so it might just be one of those things like you know you when you drive a certain car you see that car all over the place uh that said I, I can't think of many movies where it's about an aunt and her relationship with her uh, niece or nephew or both. Um, I didn't even think to look that up, so I, I have to think. I mean, certainly there are there are char- like aunt characters, yeah. but I. And there probably are examples. Um, but James but, and the Giant Peach are those his aunts? Sure, yeah. Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah, uh, who mercifully are killed by that uh, giant peach early on in the story. Um, it rolls over them. That's right. In the movie, they uh, make it so I, th- I think they make it so they're not dead. Uh, in the book, they are dead. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so I do think that. And yeah, there there probably are examples. Obviously, I mean, we mentioned you know Aunt May. Um, I'm going with the David pronunciation right now. <laughs> um, so there are examples, but but uh, yeah, it's just I think there's just honestly something about like a childless guy, often single, not always, but often. Um, and the idea because I think we have this idea of in the same way that like if I'm it's, ha- it's happened I'm not thrilled with it but like sometimes I'll be out with the kids mm-hmm. and someone it's only happened a couple of times and I was like oh you're babysitting it's like no because they're that. my kids yeah, you're parenting uh, so it could be the idea of like a, a man single or otherwise apparently um, yeah. uh, being in charge uh, of uh, the, the caregiver of children uh, it's it's almost it's not exactly a Mr. Mom situation uh, because it is often played for humor, but also drama, as we see in Manchester by the Sea and, and come on, come on. Uh, and there tends to be this element of, oh, this sort of forces the uh, the the uncle to grow up a little bit. Now, Manchester by the Sea, he, you know, spoilers, he was a father. Yeah. Uh, and so he's actively trying not to be in this position again so that's a different thing it's not that he's immature it's that he's got a lot of understandable baggage that he needs to get past but uh but one you know the line that you quoted from come on come on uh as like one of your favorites is something to the effect of like joaquin phoenix saying like i don't know if he's selfish or me uh or Uh, or like he says 
he's spoiled and he pauses and says or maybe i am right spoiled yeah. not selfish yeah. yeah and and it's that sort of thing like he certainly whenever you are the caregiver whether it be a a, a new parent or whatever uh you come to realize just how <laughs> how much you've had a, your own way for a while um and and so i do think that like just culturally the idea of a man again often single but not exclusively a man having to suddenly do this is it's like oh this is uh, 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 this kind of situation is ripe uh, for comedy or drama or uh, a nice arc whatever it is and so I do think that that's that it's this kind of thing is something that you see more with uncles than you do aunts mm-hmm. I might be wrong again it might just be because I am an uncle but uh, but yeah, so I wanted to talk. That's I want to talk so, about that at this moment because yeah. the idea of being a primary caretaker and it's like uh, they don't have anyone else, so I guess it's me. So often, storyline wise, you've got these kind of like dual coming of age stories because mm-hmm. you've got the kid yeah. and the like because we define maturity by parenthood sometimes. Yeah, uh, which I don't think is as a childless person is not fair. Right. Um, uh, to imply that I am not like fully matured yet because I don't have kids. You but, keep at it, buddy. You'll get there. <laughs> but that's often the storylines that we that we get is that the be it Walking Phoenix and Come On Come On or Mark Ruffalo in You Can Count on Me yeah. or John Candy and Uncle Buck. Like sure. they've got some growing to do and they have their yeah. journey and also they're like like going hand in hand on a coming of age journey with the kid. And I do think that it also because everybody has an idea and we'll get. I do have a section that I'm that I just put under like misfits, which is like sort of the the goofy uncle, whether it be uh, likable or unlikable, whatever it is. But there is this idea. It's like because they have not had to do this before, and because they're you know these single, often curmudgeonly guys, uh, they have a certain degree of freedom that a that a father or a mother wouldn't have, which yeah. is why in Uncle Buck, for example, when he is called in to like talk with it's a it's a super obvious scene and I don't I don't actually like the way it's written, but I love John Candy, so I don't mind it. Uh, when he's like called in to uh, to talk to I think like the the his niece's like principal or something right. like that. Uh, and the principal is like talking very seriously and he's just like, like he's just mystified. Um, and, and were he the dad or the mom, he probably would not feel quite so free to assess the situation the way he, uh, wants to. Um, but I do think that because it's like, because it's an uncle situation that, that allows you to be a little more like fun Mm -hmm. about things. And in the case of something like Come On, Come On, and I think Uncle Buck, it's like, it starts like that, but eventually they do need to, it's like, yeah, we, you can't do this the whole time. Eventually you do need to, like, correct the child or or even discipline the child. I don't mean, like, you know, spanking or anything like right. that, but just saying, like, you can't do what you want to do. And I, even though I'm really immature, I'm the adult here, and I'm able to see where you're headed. Um, so, But often, like, I feel like the uncles in the movie are able to parent in a way that a, that would be inappropriate for a parent oh to, yes you oh, know yes. like i don't know like 
a, if someone's bullying a kid, I can't. I, this is just a general example. The parent can't like beat up the bully, right? The or uncle t- can or do intimidate that. or yeah. threaten the bully. Yes. Or yes. Oh absolutely. yeah, because there's the in Uncle Buck. There, I, Uncle yeah. Buck is going to be like our. It's going to be a the big movie one, we yeah. keep coming back to as a touchstone yeah. just because of our age, I guess. Um, Did you ever watch the sitcom with Kevin Meany? Uh, no, I watched some of the more recent one with. Um, uh, Mike Epps. It? That's right. Yes. It was great. Was it great? Okay. Uh, no, I never watched the Kevin Meany one. I remember... I remember not thinking... I think you didn't think it was bad, but I was a kid. But it was... Um, it's, this still like comes up sometimes that like in the pilot episode of... Um, of... Uh, of the Kevin Meany Uncle Buck, mm-hmm. one of the kids says like, you suck or that sucks. And they were like literally like think pieces about like how have we let like the standards fall so low (laughs) on television that a little boy can say something sucks because i guess to a lot of people it's still meant sure like it what it what it technically means but no one thinks of it as being about fellatio anymore not anymore yeah yeah um boy being being a fan of of american dad like and it being for a while on network tv you just watch like it's like wow the stuff that they like it seems scandalous Mm -hmm. uh even though i'm now accustomed to like tv shows being able to say certain things um so now of course there's primary caregivers and then i also have a section here for like sort of temporary caregivers or support well see i think of those as two separate yeah yeah thing like i feel like uncle buck is a temporary caregiver because the parents are coming back right and i guess come on come on is also that but we don't know how long that's going to be yeah it's sort of an an indefinite thing um but uh yeah support is yeah let's go on to support supporting uncles then because that's that's fun because that's where like i think from the kid character's point of view you get like someone who's like like i was saying before you can parent in a way that a parent can't like you get like someone who's like both a mentor and a friend you yes. know like uncle fester yeah i've you got know? him in my misfits category here but but uh, he is that like yes like he is he, like in certain situations he is someone the kids can like talk to for yeah. advice weird like i don't necessarily have advice but advice but in other situations he's the one they like have fun with yeah i i throw in uh, meryl hess from signs uh Absolutely. another another walking another walking phoenix, phoenix uncle, uncle. Yeah. um and um, and i i would america's say america's uncle walking phoenix <laughs> oh good god <laughs> um i guess you could s- you know he is he is uh, uh a horrifying uncle in uh, gladiator as well now that i think about it um i don't remember that but um, uh i forgot about a, uh, a number another um temporary one because I can't remember much about the movie, but there's a 2004 Spanish movie called, well, the Spanish name is Cachorro, but it was released as Bear Cub here, okay. which is about a single young, like, gay man, okay. who's like a bear, mm-hmm. you know, um, who becomes a long-term caregiver for his nephew. And so it's like, there's just a lot of cute, like, it's these, like, you know, gay bears and like all his friends sure. and then they are all like taking care of helping take care of this little kid it's a cute movie i don't remember much about it but oh, anyway I, was, I just wanted to mention that before we move on to 
back to support. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple movies that I wanted to mention, one of which no one remembers but me from the 90s, but it's a very similar type of movie to Secondhand Lions, which people do remember because it, it has Michael Caine and, and uh, Robert Duvall. But and the movie's called And Haley Jossman. Uh, but the film from the 90s is called Unstrung Heroes. It's got Michael mm-hmm. Richards... Um, and I want to say, I think Mike McShane, uh, who's in Mike that, McShane? uh, you'd know him well from whose line is it anyway is a big one, but he's also the psychiatrist who has a heart attack in office space. He was oh, Friar okay. Tuck in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff. You'd, you'd, uh, he's a FDR in Seinfeld in the, in the backwards episode, but wait. uh, Franklin Delano Romanowski, but I might be wrong. I'm not, yeah, it I might not be. I him. think you're wrong. It might not be because him. here's who's in unstrung heroes directed okay. by Diane Keaton, by the way. Okay. Uh, Andy McDowell, John Turturro, Michael John Turturro. Richards, uh, Maury oh, I'm thinking Maury Chaykin. That's or you it. could be thinking of Jack McGee. Uh, I think it's Maury Chaykin okay. that I'm thinking of because it's he and and uh, Michael Richards are kind of the goofy uh, okay. uncles. Uh, that's right. I'm thinking. But you know Jack McGee. He's oh like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's yeah. also got kind of got that. Yeah, but like I think he and so I think like John Turturro and Weston Michael Richards and Maury Chaykin I think they're all they're all brothers and uh, Jack, Jack McGee doesn't fit um, yeah and I think it's based on a it's based on a true story um, yeah looking at the at the credits here it's based on a book by Fra- uh, Franz Lids uh, and the word the last name Lids shows up quite a bit here and uh, okay. oh yeah and so there's a character uh, named Franz Lids. So yeah, it's it, and again, I haven't seen it in many years. Obviously, for some reason, I mixed up Mike McShane and uh, Maury Chaykin, which I feel bad about because I love Maury Chaykin. But um, completely understandable. But yeah, and so it is. It is like this this kid who uh, whose parents are Andy McDowell and John Turturro, uh, and he gets sort of pulled into the very strange uh, situation with uh, his uncle's his sort of reclusive uncles played by Michael Richards and Maury Chaykin. Mm-hmm. Uh, along those lines, I can't believe I just, this is not on my list. I'm just now thinking of it. And thank God, a thousand clowns. Oh, that's yeah. a big one. I'm glad I, I'm glad you mentioned it. I, yeah. it either. I haven't seen that in 20 plus years. But yeah, yeah. I uh, just got it on Blu-ray for Christmas. I haven't watched it in a while, but, uh, but that, and, and I don't remember if that is a temporary situation or a long-term situation, but that is another, like this idea of sort of, the the free spirit uncle and that's yeah. something that you find fr- in unstrung heroes you find in secondhand lions uh and it's definitely something that you see in uh, a thousand clowns um yeah but who's the actor in a thousand clowns jason, jason robard yeah, yeah 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 um uh, so yeah, I, I know i bring this up every time jason robard's name comes up but like there aren't a lot of the guys that age named jason yeah there are a lot of people our age named like Jason was yes. a very popular name yes. for people born in the early to mid eighties. Yeah. But like, it's always like weird to me when I'm watching Magnolia and I'm like, uh, Oh, that old man is named Jason, Jason. which I think of yeah. like a bully from, no, I, that I went and, to school with. And I recognize like, it's how for a long time it's how I thought about Jeremy Irons, who I recognize was not as, not as old as, as, uh, Jason Roberts, but it's just like, his name is like Jeremy. Yeah, I knew people named Jeremy, and they weren't like they weren't similar to Jeremy Irons. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, you know, yeah. like um, Gary was not like a name that people had until Gary Cooper. Is that he, true? He, like, because Gary Cooper is not his name. I can't mm-hmm. remember what Gary Cooper's real name okay. is. Okay, but he like 
his stage name, he named himself after the Gary, Indiana. Huh. And that popularized people being named Gary. Oh, wow. That's cool. And I'm sure there were other Garys, but it, like the name Gary exploded because of Gary Cooper and his stage name. I'm reminded of, uh, I was watching a, a comedy bit by old friend of the show, Sean Cullen, where he was talking about uh, this story that he had seen on the news regarding like a, a, a Chinese family. And, uh, and he just, so he's voicing the family and he goes, he goes quick Keith. And then he turns to the audience. He goes, I, I don't, I don't know Chinese names. I'm sorry. I'm just going to come up with other names. And so he picks the whitest names. Yeah, that's very <laughs> he goes with Darren. <laughs> and, and, and at one point, uh, the, uh, one of the fictional characters in his bit dies and goes, Oh, poor Gary. <laughs> It's, uh, That's funny. Uh, it's the brilliance of Sean Cullen. Yeah. We should have him back. We should. Hmm. <laughs> yes, we should have him back. Okay, note to self. Um, but, uh... Okay, but, yeah, where, were, so, where were we with the support, supporting uncles? Yeah, so, I, I mean, uh, I've, I've said the ones more. that I can think of. And obviously, uh, a lot of the stuff... A lot of the stuff... Uh... A lot of the, the, the examples could fit into different categories. Yeah. Cause, uh, so, like, because where do we draw the line between, like, supportive uncle and uncle who's basically just a friend? Because, like, okay, or his <laughs> supposed to be, like, Uncle Rico Napoleon Dynamite is, like, supposed to be a support. Yeah, I have, I have him. I'll just pivot into my misfit section because I do okay. have Napoleon Dynamite. I have Adam's family. I have Home Alone. Um, I have the house with the clock in its walls. Oh, I never um, saw that. And Jack Black is the uncle? Yeah. That's a cool, that's a cool uncle. Uh, and then, um, I never saw the movie Uncle Frank, but I believe Paul Bettany plays like, a, a the sort of a gay uncle. Um. Is that an Alan Ball movie? I don't remember. I think it was, I want to say it was Amazon. I, I didn't, I had, I remember it had some like early awards buzz, but it just yeah, wasn't, it wasn't a high profile yeah. movie. Um, um, let me look it up. Wait, what about uh, Uncle Bilbo Baggins? Oh, sure, absolutely. Right? Oh, that shit. There's another one. That's. Uh, I guess he doesn't die, but he does go away uh, after a certain point. Like mm -hmm. for a while, when I was I, I was lecturing about three act structure, and I was lecturing about the hero's journey. So I mentioned like uh, Frodo Baggins and Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter, and just like these these uncles uh, who. If they are loving, they either have to die or just go away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's what happens to, to Bilbo. Uh, but yeah, he's a bit of a misfit himself. Yes, uh, Uncle Frank is written and directed by Alan Ball and stars Paul Good Bettany. memory, David. So, well done. Um, um, and yeah, I, and... Well, uh, sorry, go on. Well, I have another example of the supposed-to-be-supportive uncle who's not. Okay. From a recent movie that um, almost no one saw. Uh, called Sundown. Okay. Um, Tim Roth and uh, uh, and I guess I'm gonna like minor spoilers, very minor spoilers, but technically a spoiler for Sundown. Um, and I guess I already gave it away, so never mind. <laughs> I already spoiled it for you. The movie is introduced with what you think is a family on vacation. Mm -hmm. Tim Roth and Charlotte Gainsbourg seem to be parents to these two young okay. young children, and then um like. There's a death in the family, and Charlotte Gainsbourg like leaves and takes the kids, and we're like, "Why isn't he going?" And we eventually realize it slowly teased out that like, "Oh, they're brother and sister." He's like this weird like 
loner who like she convinced convinced to like begrudgingly come along in this Mm. vacation with him and now like she's left and he's left in Acapulco all by himself then that's the premise of the movie oh that's right I read your your it's not a great it's not a great yeah um you wrote a review of it right Yeah. yeah yeah okay that's right um yeah, it's you know along those lines. I will. Uh, I mentioned it already, but I'll throw in like a like a Mark Ruffalo in You Can Count on Me, who is kind of tries to be a buddy to his nephew and that kind of thing. But he also brings so many of his own issues to the situation that he winds up being potentially damaging. Uh, like, uh, is it? I believe it's Rory Culkin uh, who plays his nephew, and yeah, yeah. And his nephew has uh, has never met his father, played by Josh Lucas, and kind of idealizes him a little bit. And Mark Ruffalo, who is sort of a cynic and and doesn't is not able to think the way a kid thinks, and is not able to sort of uh, understand what could potentially be damaging. And he decides, like, oh, I will take. I know your dad. I'm going to take you to go see him. And it's like this is this could only be disappointing, if not straight up traumatizing. That's the only thing it could be. And so he takes him mm-hmm. to to see his father. And of course, his father's like, I didn't want anything to do with this. Why is this happening? Why are you doing this to me? And then ultimate. And of course, the the kid is is heartbroken. Uh, and then Laura Linney is saying like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's like, he's going to the, referring to the kid, like he's going to realize the world is shitty soon enough. He doesn't need you. And, and it, it's man, I love, I love that screenplay. I just love that movie in general. Yeah. And it's just the brilliance of Kenneth Lonergan, but like Mark Ruffalo is a likable character and we're on board with him and we can even kind of see what he's doing, but it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, he like, he is unable to get out of his own way, and if there's a kid around, that could be hurtful to the kid in some capacity. And yeah, and so eventually, she—I think she says like, "You have to go at least for a while." And I love that scene, and it's because he has good intentions up to a point. He just mm-hmm. can't get out of his own way, and. Uh, and and there's a there's a certain tragedy uh, in that like when when everybody who means well, like everyone involved, pretty much means well, but they just can't gel. And I think that's yeah. such a such a such a brilliant bit of drama. Um. By the way, I had a thought of um, why there aren't as many aunts or aunts, if you sure. prefer, in this type of role, and it's because it's usually the grandma that's true in, yeah. the, in that situation where if a, if a female family member is taking over raising it's usually the grandma yeah in in the movies i'm not saying that's true in real life yeah. i'm saying that seems to be mm. the case in the movies and, and tv you think of like matt saracen on friday night lights and yeah his, and his grandma that's true yeah i feel like i mean <laughs> we could definitely do a series on this and just go through every potential family member be like, all right, let's talk about some uh, some grandparents. Yeah, good and bad. Bad Noah Cross uh, from Chinatown. Uh, bad parent slash grandparent. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, and I'm I'm fine to move into villains here. Yeah, we got a, a bunch of bad guys. Which yeah, I'm very excited about. Although I guess kind of a transition here. Okay. 
would be um, the movie Stoker. Oh, okay, where, which I've not seen. Um, I think it's Matthew Good. Yeah. Because um, he is, yeah, Matthew Good, who plays Uncle Charlie, and also Tender Bar, Ben Affleck is Uncle Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Very different Uncle Charlie's. Oh, shit. Yes. Hang on, I'll look it up. Go, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Stoker, he is definitely, Matthew Good's character is definitely villainous, but he's also a mentor in Mia Vashikovska's character, character's journey to becoming evil herself. Okay. Uh, great movie. I really love, uh, really love Stoker. That, that is one of those movies, we talk about it regularly, where it was a, it was a big priority at the time. I didn't, I'd heard nothing but great things about it. I didn't see it. And now it's what, 10 years old, maybe, uh, uh nine years old, nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I just need to, to get around to it. Uh, but, but yeah. you've got like, look at it. Me and Vashikovsky, Nicole Kidman, Matthew Good, Dermot Moroni, um, and Jackie Weaver are all in this movie. Nice. Uh, oh, and ooh, wow. A obviously pre-fame, uh, Alden Ehrenreich. I have, oh. to, I have to see the movie again to remember him in it. Yeah, he was bouncing around for a yeah. while. Um, but uh, so you mentioned Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie is the name of Joseph Cotton's character in Shadow of a Doubt, uh, who is a full-on villain. Oh, I've never um, seen Shadow of a Doubt. And uh, it's really good. And he essentially is the uh, is a serial killer who like finds like. Uh, wealthy widows and like marries them and then kills them and then uh, takes their money but nobody knows like who it is Whatever uh, maybe he doesn't marry them but he just gets I think he just gets to know them but anyway um, and he's seen as like the cool fun uncle um, and his niece who is also named Charlie like they've always had this bond and so then he comes to stay and you, she comes to realize like well at the moment he's just kind of hiding out and so uh you know, she when she discovers what he's been doing, she feels very betrayed, and yeah. and I do think that that, you know, in, in the case of of a lot of these, um, the uncles do not have a close relationship <laughs> to their nephew or niece. Uh, they're like they're they're pretty distant in general, so it's not that it, it's surprising insofar as like wow, I can't believe. Uh, a blood relative would do such a thing but in the case of yeah. of shadow of a doubt like i wouldn't say it's an emotional film hitchcock movies are rarely emotional but there is a very clear bond between young you know young charlie and old charlie and this feeling of like oh he was the cool fun uncle and and i you know he's actually a monster um, and so, and it's a different kind of performance by uh, Joseph Cotton as well, which is fun. Um, okay, we. Uh, I keep wanting to play around with the villain, like not quite a villain, like okay. the Stoker. Well, we we skipped one. Okay, I guess he's kind of introduced as a bad guy, but quickly becomes a good guy. Um, Bruno from Encanto. Oh sure, right? Yes, absolutely. but uh, no. What I want to mention is uh, a movie that no one remembers, even though it's only like five or six years old. A movie called Kicks. Okay. It's about a kid who gets his um, sneakers stolen. Oh, all right. And he goes to get them back. It's uh, the only actor that I remember that's of any note is in a small role, and it's Mahershala Ali. Oh, nice. Who plays the kid's uncle, but who is like a career criminal. Okay. But like he has, he basically just has, it's a glorified cameo, really, but um, 
basically a scene of being like, like the kid goes to him for help like can to help me get uh my shoes back and Marshall Ali's character basically says like you don't want to go down this path yeah like, you don't want to you don't want to come to me unless you absolutely have to it's a good it's a really great really like little scene it could be a little uh, uh if that movie had been a bit, bit bigger it could have been like a uh what do we call the the bruce mcgill award sure. type, of, type of thing um here i forgot the name of the award the idea of like the of the 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 criminal uncle i believe ben mendelson in animal kingdom is that right like well i mean the the whole family is, is yeah, criminal, yeah but he's right. like the worst one yeah that's a good um, that's a good one yeah but he he one. does not warn his nephew away from this no. i think he just threatens him the whole time and tries to kill him um that reminds me did you ever see uh paid in full with mckay pfeiffer i did not um so uh what's his name ron ron cephas jones is that what his name from this is us oh that sounds right to me i know who you're talking about so he so Mackay Pfeiffer's character becomes like a very successful drug dealer, mm-hmm. and then he has an uncle who's a drug addict who like does some very bad stuff to the family to try mm-hmm. and like get some drugs from it. Anyway, it's a uh, that's a bad uncle. Well, and and you know there are also uncles who maybe are not even like full fledged characters, but they are monstrous like in the movie split um where Anya taylor joy's uncle is i think we only see him in in flashbacks uh i might be wrong about that but i he's not a fully developed character he's essentially just like a i think he's the one taking care of her uh and and i think like molests her or or whatever i don't remember that i gotta Um, i gotta gotta, maybe i gotta watch split again I don't know. Sure. It's it's worth watching, but obviously yeah. there's some, some tough stuff there. Yeah. Um, um, I thought of another villainous uncle, although I could be misremembering. Okay. Because I haven't seen the movie in over 10 years. Is Teardrop in Winter's Bone her uncle? Yes, he yeah. is. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. I'm frustrated that I forgot that. Yeah, he is not of... I would put him in the situation of like, he means well... He, but he's going to do things his own way, regardless of what she needs. He's very scary. He is very scary, yeah. and, and yet also, like, you're you're on his side. And I do like that the you know because his his brother has been killed. Um, yeah, and he kind of helps his niece where he can, but also the film ends with him essentially being like, well, I guess I got to just try and kill everybody in this organization now. (laughs) Uh, And you know, it's like, well, he's not Jason Bourne. He's probably not going to be able to do it before they get him, but he's probably going to take a good number of people down with him. Like the story is definitely not over for him and it's not going to go great. (laughs) Um, That's a great, that's a great one. And that's uh, a great performance too. Yeah. I should watch that uh, uh, again. Um, His first, uh, first movie i ever watched on blu-ray when i got because it was 2010 was when i got my blu-ray player hmm. and i like rented it from the red box they had blu-rays at the red box and it was the first movie i watched on blu-ray uh winter's bone not a movie that people think of as a funny movie no but, but i would is, say yeah the thing the, the thing about winter's bone that my wife and i talk about the most is when is it like a social worker or something pulls up driving like not a brand new car right but everyone's like oh <laughs> 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 yeah it's uh, that tracks yeah. uh let's see now i'm 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 
things are coming to me now. Um, well, I, I, for unvillains, you still haven't mentioned the other Charles Dickens one that I'm right, which is Nicholas Nickleby. Yes, that's what um, I thought it was. Is it Uncle Ralph? It's been you've seen it more recently. Yeah. and I've always had a better memory and for it's, it, and it's been many years since I've seen it. And and it's been adapted multiple times. But I'm talking about the the one from 2003 in which the Christopher Plummer yeah, plays the yeah, wonderful, Ralph, Ralph. wonderful Christopher Plummer performance. Um, and yeah, and he just is this character. Like any Dickens character, he's fun to listen to. He's fun. You enjoy him being on screen. Um, and, and, but he's just, he is such a bastard that I'm, I'm perfectly willing to say that is a villain. Um, granted, he, there's a tragic element to him. I think he, I think he eventually ends himself, uh, by the end of the film. Um, and you get the impression that he he loathes himself quite a bit, uh, but not quite as much as he loathes everybody else, uh, including his own nephew. And he mm-hmm. has and he has so and it's ah oh, it's just it's so fucking Dickensian the idea that like Nicholas's like father has died and so like he comes into the care of uh, of yeah. his uncle and his uncle not only is he it's like it's like yeah i guess i'll try to teach you what i know but also i didn't like your dad i know you're grieving but i didn't like him <laughs> uh and it's and it's just so and, and and i do i do love the way Plummer plays him and i and i love that tom courtney plays like his right hand man who's just like this beaten down guy um and the two of them have this delightful chemistry uh like at one point <laughs> at one point um uh uncle ralph says to his his like right hand man he's like he refers to him as like a bird of some kind and tom courtney he goes i wish i was a bird i'd fly away <laughs> and then he goes i wish you were a bird too i'd wring your neck and it's just this delightful thing yeah um incidentally as far, i feel bad as far as good uncles i forgot to mention uncle jack from the magnificent ambersons played by ray collins who's oh. a wonderful character but anyway that's a good um, one we need more classic movies on here it's, yeah I, yeah you did a good job with that um, um i mean there's an uncle in like mary poppins yeah, like, and he's big, like, played by uh, Ed Wynn, I think, right? Is that I right? I be wrong about that. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, I haven't seen Mary Poppins in a long time. Um, well, uh, as long as we're on villains, there's maybe the first one that came to mind. Well, the first uncle that came to mind was Uncle Buck. But the sure, first villainous uncle that came to mind is uh, Claudius slash Scar. Slash whoever it is from the Northmen. Like, it's right, the same right, character, yeah. uh, essentially, in all three. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I know his name, because in the Northman because he said the kid says over and over again I will I will save you mother I will avenge you father I will kill you Fjolnir something like that something like that yeah I want to say it's uh, Italian anyway um, <laughs> but by uh, Clius Bang from, it's great uh, you know, such a wonderful performance yeah he's uh, um, the square uh, he was in but he was, which I didn't see uh, he was also he played on Showtime's The Affair because I always think like Clive Bang is like maybe a bit like too traditionally handsome sometimes for me to okay. like buy. But on the affair, he played like a movie star who would see- start in a series of like James Bond ripoffs. <laughs> and it was like kind of, it was perfect. Oh, I love that kind of specificity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly this this character is what I'm talking about, and that like. You know, we feel a sense of betr- of betrayal in so far as uh, 
I can't believe a family member would do such a thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't feel a sense of betrayal that we do from from like shadow of a doubt, where it's like, oh my gosh, he. We thought he was good, but he's not. No, we know Claudius and Scar and the other guy's name who that I've already forgotten, Fjolnir or something Fjolnir, like I that. Think. Um, we know they're they're pretty bad. Although I guess Fjolnir that is treated as a bit of a reveal because it's very much from the main character's perspective. But um, but yeah, and it's just uh, this idea of. I want to be in charge and I can't be and it's just and all I got to do is get my brother out of the way and then a few other minor details like my nephew and uh, no problem and it's uh, yeah I mean it's it's the any kind of villainous uncle character might not fit this mold but will immediately be like okay so is this a Claudius situation yeah it's not okay but like it's it's the example that thing that other villainous uncles will be compared to, um, but uh, but yeah, and and uh, I've I never saw Kenneth Branagh's uh, Hamlet. Oh, uh, and I think it's I Derek it. Jacoby who plays Claudius. That sounds that. right. I'm I sure saw it when I was in high school. It's wonderful. It's four hours long. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but obviously Jeremy Irons is is marvelous, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a. If you get a chance, and and what I like about the Northman is that that character is not—he's he, done something villainous, certainly, and and he is—he's he, very brutal in certain ways. But as the film unfolds, you're like, yeah, but at the same time, nobody's really a hero here. Uh, he's just doing what—he's uh, just going further than some people. And I also love love that. By the time like we do our our jump in time, uh, he doesn't even have what he wanted anymore. He he's he's just like this low level. Uh, he's a powerful farmer at best, uh, and I mm. and I love that because it it makes his character just a little bit more vulnerable. That like he's he didn't even he didn't even keep the kingdom, you know. But uh, yeah. anyway, so. um, I've only got a couple of la- like okay. um, yeah. just couldn't didn't know where to fit my I, I haven't seen wizard of oz since i was a kid but i know uncle henry is oh, like, sure, sure. Uh, a part of it uh one um the uh i've seen the original british film death at a funeral oh right okay and that has a character named Un- uncle alfie who's like played by peter vaughn if you know that like character actor he's one of those like british character actors who like has looked like he's 80 years old for sure. for decades um and i say has he actually died uh, a few years ago but um here this guy you probably that's him in game of oh Thrones, but he, yes. he shows up in yes. a lot of stuff it's just like old guy uh and he plays uh he's basically like a plot device which is basically he's like a cantankerous old man in a wheelchair who needs help going to the bathroom and that means that he is a uh, uh, an inconvenience to the plot happening because sure. they like keep having to deal with uncle alfie um, and uh, it's funny or whatever, but I, I haven't seen the American remake, but my understanding is Danny Glover plays that role, hmm. which uh, is one more reason. I always wonder why, because it's the the American remake is, um, who directed it? It's, it's Neil LeBute, I think, Neil, right? Neil LeBute. Which is in itself fascinating. But then it also has Alan Tudyk plays the same role <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. That's fun. 
Um, or no, no, Peter Dinklage. Peter plays Dinklage the same plays the same role. Okay. Yeah, James Marsters, I think, plays the Alan Tudor. Okay. Role. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Peter Dinklage plays the same role because I guess they couldn't find uh, <laughs> another uh, uh, dwarf actor to, to to do it. I guess. Um, also, it's just like it's Peter Dinklage. Like, what? 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 Why would we even recast this? Yeah, and um, at least they didn't. Look, I I love Peter Dinklage like everybody does, uh, but. Um, I'm glad that in the British death and the death at a funeral, they made his character American mm. because if we learned one thing from game of Thrones is that he doesn't do a very good British accent. He, he did one for however many years on game of Thrones and it was mm. never great. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and thankfully in Cyrano, yeah, he, he speaks with like a, an American accent. Yeah. What's interesting is that I think that his, even when he, <laughs> he can't be British but he's not casual American either. Right. Like he has a very specific cadence that is that has a formal quality to it. Which like, I, you know, even when he's on Thirty Rock, uh, playing yeah. just like a just a guy. Did you ever see when he hosted SNL? I've seen sketches from it. I saw Space Pants, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, he's because he's not like he is there as a serious actor to do SNL, and yeah. it makes some sketches awkward but it makes some sketches sketches so great okay did you <laughs> there's the one sketch where it's like the business like corporate retreat or whatever and mm-hmm. there's like a comedian okay who like decides to roast the boss a little bit played okay. by peter dinklage as peter this way's boss who's like trying so hard <laughs> because he knows he's supposed to be cool with it but he <laughs> Like his ego is wounded. Oh, it's so great. That sounds wonderful. You know what? You know the one I'm talking about when I say space. Oh yeah, right? space. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, all right. Did you have any more, or are we done? Uh, I think I think we're done. And okay. as always, I'm sure that there are many that we are missing. Yeah. You know, especially like in the world of superheroes, I'm sure there's a lot of really amazing uncles uh uncle characters uh villains heroes mentors whatever i'm sure there are a bunch that we're missing out on so uh obviously in the comments section uh if we missed out on any glaring ones please uh please let us know uh but yeah to um to balance things out we're gonna have to do a grandma's episode absolutely that'll be fun uh until then uh, in, in between now and then, mm-hmm. whenever you want. You can find us at com. You can email us at david at com or tyler at com. You can uh, follow me, David, on Twitter at davypretension. Um, uh, by the way, battleshippretension.com is where you find movie reviews, including Tyler's uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Dominion review and uh, soon a an Elvis review i was bummed that i couldn't make that screening i was, I was glad that someone could i was glad yeah and then yeah. shortly thereafter thor i'm trying to take more right. screenings right yeah. now uh yeah you're taking all the like uh yeah i'm taking all the fun ones the big i mean like, well, the maybe. big like the, the yeah. tent poles i guess i don't know if elvis is a tent pole but it's a big studio release at least um anyway those are all there uh, also check out my other podcast it's called the one where i met your mother it, my wife natalie and i watch an episode of friends an episode of how i met your mother uh this this most recent episode we uh uh it was it's interesting we got a friends episode that works like a how i met your mother episode because how i met oh. your mother is so flashback heavy mm-hmm. we watched the one with the flashback where we find out like how Joey came to meet the rest of the, oh, okay. the, the gang and we actually see them hanging out at a bar instead of a coffee shop, which is very how I met your mother ish. Um, and then we watched the how I met your mother episode that was, uh, not one of their best, even mm. though it had some good, uh, 
uh, guest stars, including Kevin, Hef- Kevin Heffernan okay. from uh, from Broken Lizard. Yeah. Um, uh, and that one's called I'm Not That Guy. So anyway, we watched uh, those episodes. We watch an episode, an episode of each every week and, and discuss. Uh, that's where you can find me. Tyler's on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Where, uh, what do you have to plug, Tyler? Uh, I did the thing... Uh, you know how you sometimes like mix up your intros yes. to different podcasts? Yes. I almost did the thing that I say to Natalie, which is like, where can people, where do you want people to find you on the internet? Indeed. Which the joke is I don't. That's what she, Yes. This is a running joke on the one where I'm in other. Where at the end of every episode, I say, Natalie, where do you want people to find you on the internet? She says, I don't. Nice. It's a good joke. It's a good uh, joke. But what do you got to plug? That's what I meant to uh, say. Nothing at the moment. I, I, I guess I, I mentioned, yeah, my Jurassic World dominion review which uh i got a couple compliments on which is very nice okay. there's a couple little turns of phrase in there that i'm happy with but uh very nice but yeah and so i do have some reviews coming up but uh yeah Ed, go go check out my documentary valley of the shadow something or other uh and uh yeah enjoy all right um thank you for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 